Welcome to the In Her Power Podcast. My name is Carrie Ann Appleton and I'm an empowerment coach, a Reiki master, and a yoga teacher. But most importantly, I'm a human being and a spiritual being just like you. I started this podcast to bring more awareness, more tools, and more insights into being in your power, to being in your truth, to being your authentic self. I've been on this journey of personal growth and expansiveness for over 10 years now. And the reason I do this work to help amazing women like yourself is because I have seen how powerful it is to live from a place of authenticity, both personally and for my clients. Now, if you're here listening to this podcast, then I imagine you're curious to learn more, or maybe you feel stuck and you don't know where to start. Or maybe you've had this kind of itching feeling that there's just more to your life than your current reality. Embrace the curiosity. Embrace what is wanting to emerge here and step into your expansiveness. In this episode, I have a great conversation with Dave Glazier, who is the host of Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast. It's a podcast around authentic dating, and I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you want to have more authenticity in your relationships. Dave is also a personal fitness coach, and in this episode, we talk a little bit about dating, we talk a little bit about his optimal pillars of health. And we also talk about his online fitness programs. So enjoy my conversation with Dave Glazer. I am so excited about today's guest. Um, today we're going to be talking with Dave Glazer from Be Leave, Be Real, Be Bold, Authentic Dating Podcast, which many of you have seen me because Dave has interviewed me on the podcast. And Dave's going to share a little bit about that, but he's also going to talk about, well, we're going to talk, cover optimal health. We're going to talk about his fitness programs and so much more. So first of all, I'm really excited to have you on my podcast, Dave. Yeah. Thanks, Carrie Ann, for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And really, you inspired me to start, to start this kind of podcast and having guests on and speaking more to my audience and sharing not just my own wisdom, but other people's wisdom, because there's not, there's not one way to do things, one way to do life. So a couple of things where I'm really excited about having you, you're the first male guest I've had on because I, my audience is women and women who want to really feel or live an empowered life and find their most authentic self. What I love about you um, is you're going to be what Lacey Phillips, if you haven't heard of Lacey Phillips, Google her afterwards. She has a great program called To Be Magnetic. But what she calls, you're going to be an expander for a lot of women. Because I hear what I hear, especially women that want to get into really healthy relationships is, oh, I can't find that guy. Like guys don't do this work. They don't work on themselves. They might physically work on themselves, which we're going to talk about and the importance of that, but they don't work on themselves when it comes to the personal development work and living an authentic life. But you are proof that guys do this work. And so I would love to hear your take a little bit on maybe share with the audience just how you got into living a more authentic life in that journey. Mm, I'd be happy to. And before I do, I want to assure everybody out there that I'm not the only man doing the work. Um, and I can prove that because I'm a part of multiple men's groups where I'm seeing reflections of myself on a growth path through other men. 
uh, one of which has about 250 men in it. The other one is a smaller group through my church. And I do know that there are other men out there like me, which gave me hope about three and a half years ago when I started, first started really growing. And it had a lot to do with my fitness business where I read a quote from American author, Bob Sugar, that says, your business will only grow as much as you do. And I took that to heart because I really, really, really wanted to be successful in my business. As most men do, I, I think that they could relate to that a lot. And I stumbled across a tool called the Enneagram, and it was the birth, basically. Um, there were other things before that too, things like the big leap from Gay Hendricks, that really changed my idea on what limiting beliefs were, what was holding me back personally, and so I could tie it to my professional life as well. And so when I found the Enneagram, I was in a relationship. I was building my business. I had about six years under my belt as a personal trainer and business owner, and I really started to see my shadow and the dark side of me through the Enneagram. And I'm a challenger. I'm the type eight, which means that when I find something that I love, I'm going to go so intensely deep, deep into it that I cannot stop that snowball. Once it gets going, it really gets big. So I started sharing the Enneagram with my partner at the time, and I saw tremendous growth, and she didn't want to join me on that journey. So we parted ways about three or four months later, and ever since that point of setting the healthy boundary around somebody who wasn't uh, sharing a value of mine, which is growth mindset, Ever since I set that boundary, I've seen exponential growth personally and professionally through the Enneagram, plus other tools that I found along the way. So for me, that says you really started stepping into your power, like especially as you start to learn about yourself. So for you, you use the Enneagram and you're the challenger, which I you speak about this all the time and I have yet to dive in. My, my new um, biggest deep dive is in human design right now, but I'm fascinated about these different um, approaches on understanding ourselves and our design. So for you, it's been the Enneagram Challenge. And once you really started stepping into your power, things started to show up differently for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I've seen my human design chart work as well. Uh, the difference between the two for me is the complexity and the simplicity. Mm -hmm. They both have components that are dead on. They're spot on for me. Mm -hmm. Like connector. You know, I'm a big connector. I bring forth a lot of energy when I am in my power. Uh, the Enneagram is a simple tool for me to understand, but it's also very fluid where I can move through all nine types on that. Um, the crown is what it's called, but I move through all types and I see reflections in other people like mm. my romantic relationships. Okay, well, how are we going to be compatible? And that's one of the reasons why I love the tool of the Enneagram. And maybe you can enlighten me a little bit more on the human design chart when yeah. I share it with you later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm just starting to get into it. I've been on another approach or another facet of myself that I've been recently studying over the last like 11 months now is astrology and really diving deep into my natal chart. And it's like when you not just looking at your sun and your moon and your rising, like all your houses and even like as the planets start to like move around our, you know, the earth and how it affects us. Like it is right on in my house. Like, yeah, that's what's happening in that area of my life right now. And mm -hmm. it's fascinating. Yep. And I can learn to show up differently because of that, you know, and, and I also feel like in my power, 
because I'm, it just aligns with me so well. So yeah, I love this kind of stuff. So for, I would love to ask, I'd love to ask you the question, why did you start the podcast? Oh, that's the question, isn't it? So <laughs> uh, after being single for maybe about seven or eight months uh, from that relationship I mentioned earlier, I started to date again. And I was seeing the reflection in myself of a couple of inauthentic people that showed up in my life. And after two years of hosting the podcast, I now realized that that was me. I wasn't my true authentic self yet. I felt like I was growing and I felt like I was moving forward. So I was ready for a relationship, but I hadn't put it all together yet. You know, setting healthy boundaries, understanding what my values were, um, and then diving in even deeper into what a an ideal relationship looks like, not an ideal person, mm -hmm. but what that ideal relationship looks like. So mm -hmm. I knew, a, uh, I knew that I was seeing a couple of inauthentic people reflecting back at me and I didn't know what to do about it. I had been in counseling for a few months, but I knew a couple coaches in the Denver area and I decided to reach out. And if I was ever to start a podcast, it would be on dating because it's such a relatable topic. And I personally was on an exploration of what does authenticity mean to me as a man, mm -hmm. as the challenger, as a person who's single. And I just felt like this pull and it's my connection with my faith that, that God says, you know what, Dave, here's a little bit more that you can do with your life to impact others. And so I reached out to these two coaches and I interviewed them and we built relationships that we didn't have before simply by just having this authentic one-on-one -on -one conversation mm -hmm. that I just also so happened to share it with the world through the podcast. Mm, beautiful. It's like once you gave yourself permission to step into your authentic self and you're still on a journey as we all are unpacking that authentic self, it's like you started giving permission to others, that reflection in your, in your world, in your reality. Yeah. That's so powerful. And like, when I came across you, which it was a mutual friend that introduced us, I was excited again to see another male leading this charge because I think, at least from my experience, women dive deeper into this stuff than men. And I don't know the statistics of that. And again, it could be just my belief system. And so my belief system is showing that my reality is reflecting back my belief system. But it's so beautiful and to realize that there are men out there doing this work too, you know? And that you can have that relationship that you said you had similar mindset or similar values in terms of, in terms of growth. Um, you can have that relationship. Yep. For sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. One of the things I listened to your podcast interview, I think it was a replay of a, an event you did, but about your optimal pillars of health. Why I loved mm -hmm. it is because in my community, we talk about something very similar, a little slightly a little bit different in terms of the areas but very similar. So what I'd love for you to do is share a little bit about your optimal pillars of health. And then in that podcast, you had, it's, I'm trying to think of the words. It's like you, you asked everyone to gauge themselves on a range. So they kind of know where they're at and knowing that that changes rarely. So let's start with just what are the optimal pillars of health? Sure. Uh, the optimal pillars of health originally came from, <clears throat> from my own personal growth journey. So as an athlete and as a strength coach, I was growing very much through the physical pillar of optimal health. What I first knew, I kind of had this intuition that when I started school, there was a big 
confidence component and self-efficacy and mental health component to physical health. When we exercise regularly, we have mental health benefits as well. So that clued me into the second pillar of optimal health. I have always used um, fitness and nutrition to improve my mental health pillar. And they're so closely related. We could talk about the chemistry behind it. We could talk about the hormones and cortisol and serotonin and dopamine and et cetera. But that's not really the important part. The important part is just connecting the dots between a mind-body connection. And then I started to see an improvement in my mental health, and therefore it trickled into my emotional health as well. So my emotional pillar of health improves when I focus time in my physical and my mental pillar. Okay, well now my emotional pillar is improving as well. Throughout the fitness industry, throughout my business, I was building better emotional connections with my clients as well opening up a little bit of my story and sharing that with them and then seeing them relate back to that. And that was a big piece of authenticity for me. Then I started to understand that when I take care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, then my financial pillar also improves Mm. because I'm just building this stronger foundation of optimal health to build a financial stability and platform, whatever a business route that I choose, whether I want to work for somebody else or work for myself. When I take care of myself first through physical, mental, emotional health, my finances improved. And then finally, a spiritual pillar of health is its own pillar, but it's also more so the umbrella. Because when we have a deeper connection with our spiritual pillar of optimal health, all of the other four improve um, kind of in a stronger relationship. I like the the phrase and the quote, a rising tide raises all ships. And for me, the rising tide is that spiritual pillar. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything you want it to be. Connection with the universe, connection with astrology, God, uh, the source. You could interchangeably name whatever your spiritual pillar is founded on. And that will drive all four of the others to raise on a consistent level. Nice, nice. I really loved how you how you break it down in, in in these kind of chunks, and how they it's in essence it's intertwined. Like for example, in relationship, right? You think about the emotional health. What's your physical health? What's your mental health in a relationship? What's your spiritual health? And even financial, because relationships like there's a finance component to it. But you can try to do free picnics in the park, but think about like the food that goes into a picnic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so your career, mm-hmm. you know, um, your actual uh, health, like overall health and well-being. That's why you call it optimal health. So in the interview, I heard you um, gave them an exercise. So I would love for you to explain the exercise. It's something I do because it helps I'll have you explain it first before I jump started. Sure. And I'm glad you asked because that event was very private and it was very uh, intimate. So I asked for a couple of volunteers, one, one male friend of mine and one female friend of mine to kind of share what their daily routine looks like within each of the pillars. And I love the fact that you brought up in a relationship and that's why we chose our podcast to be centered around dating and relationships is because we see a lot of our own 
mirror of ourselves in our relationships. Mm-hmm. And you're a hundred percent correct that there's a financial component to our relationships. And when we're dating single or in a relationship, we need to spend time focusing on each of the pillars. Just because we're in a relationship doesn't mean we stop exercising. It doesn't mean that we stop working on our spiritual pillar of health. And what the exercise is really all about is determining your values within each of those pillars of health. Like, okay, well, if I want to go find the optimal relationship, then I need to understand what my values are in the physical pillar mental, emotional, financial, and spiritual pillar so that I can find that ideal relationship and make it uh, more successful based on compatibility. (coughs) Excuse me. So for a long time, I wasn't emphasizing my personal values in the spiritual pillar of health. But the more I dove into that pillar and really built it on a strong, strong foundation, the more I started to value that component in my partner as well for compatibility. And most recently, this year, I took a lot of time off from dating. A little bit of shelter in place helped with that too. But (laughs) from the beginning of the year, I decided to take a break, not invest time there. And again, setting that boundary really helped all pillars rise. But since I did that, it really reminded me that my spiritual pillar of optimal health is so important to me. That's one of my strongest values. Mm -hmm. And so I'm choosing that to find that in another, in a partner in the future. Mm -hmm. And since I've chosen to do that, it's almost like my questions or my requests or my preferences that I pray to God for are coming to me in abundance now. Because I chose to work through that exercise myself, determining what my values are in each pillar of optimal health. Yeah. I think there's two things good to take away. One is when you first started, you talked about how sometimes we get into a relationship and then a pillar drops. I think so many people compromise their self in a relationship and they become the relationship. And they, in essence, you hear often people lose themselves in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then what's interesting, if they're in a relationship for a while, when they come out, they almost don't know who they are. So what I love about this work and even in the work that I do is like helping people to feel really feel solid with one, who they are. And then two, knowing what it is that they want. And they know what they want through understanding who they are. And then when you say, oh, I find someone compatible, it's not about judging someone that they're not, they're not, they're wrong. They're just maybe not the right fit for you. It's like puzzle pieces. The puzzle won't look nice and be pretty and put, put together if we continue to choose the wrong piece. But when we realize, oh, this is the type of piece that I need, and that's okay. And that's the type of piece that you need, and that's okay then it just fits well together. I I did a Facebook Live yesterday in my community talking about one of the biggest lessons I learned from my last relationship that was a beautiful relationship that ended very traumatically for me um, was where I compromised, which in essence really was where I settled. Mm. Because we are taught that you have to make compromises. But when you start compromising yourself, then that's where things start to go sour. Yeah. I love that you say that. And what you're touching on in the very beginning of that was enmeshment with your partner, losing your own identity in a relationship. And what I've come to understand through one of my men's groups is we have influences that are brought in, authors, actually 
uh, Dr. Robert Glover wrote a couple of books that I really love. And he was a guest within our men's group this past week. Mm. And 80 men showed up to this Zoom call to ask questions and to listen to Dr. Glover talk for an hour. He's written two books. Uh, the first is No More Mr. Nice Guy, which I recommend to every woman out there. Read it, whether you're single or in a relationship. And then the other one is uh, called Dating Essentials for Men. And a lot of men get tripped up because they're like, oh, I don't need help. I can do it all myself. <laughs> well, the man who says that to himself is fooling himself mm -hmm. and he doesn't know who he is and what he's looking for. And so it takes a lot of humility to reach out and say, I need help. And if you need that help, Dr. Robert Glover is a great place to start. Because what he's talking about in the Dating Essentials for Men is being flexible without compromising yourself, your hobbies, your values, mm. and the things that you're looking for in a relationship. I love that. Be flexible. Flexibility. Yeah. Instead of this compromise. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. When you start compromising, especially when you compromise yourself, mm -hmm. you know, you start to really lose yourself. And then it, you're so out of alignment and things start to like crumble in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was such great advice from such a relatable source for me because I identify with a lot of what Dr. Glover went through in his own personal life. Yes, he wrote a book because he went through a divorce and he was dissatisfied with his own behavior and his own patterns. And I relate to that a lot because, heck, that's why I started a podcast interviewing people who know a heck of a lot more about it than I do. And over the course of the two years, I've, uh, to answer your question from earlier is, I began to investigate what it was going on in my world, in my patterns, mm -hmm. through other experts, authors, coaches, speakers, real life daters, so that I could uncover my patterns and uh, basically redirect them mm -hmm. so that I could be more flexible in the next relationship with an ideal partner and within a an ideal relationship. I think that's key. And that's where a lot of people don't take the time is to be the observer of their own behavior patterns, belief systems. And as you said, redirect, reframe them, recreate them into an air, like a flow to where they really want to go, who they really want to mm -hmm. be. But as you said, we, I, especially at a young age, the first seven years of life, we created most of our beliefs and patterns based on the experiences we having, the upbringing we had, and even many, myself included, get enmeshed with usually a family member, a mom or a dad. And for me, it was mom. Mm -hmm. um, and then my direction came from my mother. I always needed her permission to do stuff. So when I looked at dating, it was like, oh, I date like she does, right? Because that's the way to do it. Until I started to go, wait a minute. I'm my own person. I can, I can date how I want to date. And I can define my relationship or look at, and for me, I'm also a bigger, what do you want in the relationship? Not necessarily what do you want in the person, but the person is important. But you know, what kind of relationship do you really want to have? Defining mm. specifically that first will help you to decide what type of person will fit that relationship. Yeah, it's powerful mm. stuff when you do this work. Mm -hmm. And again, it takes take, time. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it takes time and some heartaches. It does. It was, it was not easy, but oftentimes, uh, whatever's worth it is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even those heartaches, like I've definitely come to the last, I would say three or four months really on the flip side of what happened in my last relationship. Cause at first I just had to heal and I had to like mm. move through the pain of it. But now I'm so grateful that the relationship happened. I'm so grateful that 
the, how it unfolded, the trauma happened because I wouldn't been able to learn what I learned. I wouldn't be able to see because I wasn't seeing like, like the universe or God or source was like, had to like, bam, hit me on the head and go, wake up. Yeah. Stop With a two by four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. Occasionally um, that's what it takes. <laughs> so something that you did again in this, that, that interview or that event that you turned into a podcast um, was, uh, going through each one and having them right where they are in the moment. I thought this was so powerful in realizing that we're going to go up and down on the scale. And I think, again, people don't always take the time to kind of know what's their starting point right in this moment. Not what was their starting point 30 years ago, five days ago, or what's going to be their starting point in five months. What is their starting point right now? So if you could share a little bit about like that approach. I'd be glad to. Uh, the simpler, the better, in my opinion, with almost everything that we do. Human beings have a tendency to complicate everything, mm -hmm. especially relationships and especially their relationship with their self. So what I ask my clients to do is to rate their pillars of health today, right now, on a scale of one to five. It's super simple. We're going to fluctuate up and down. Um, and another key piece of that is that we wanna see progress too. Mm -hmm. And we wanna see small steps forward. So if over the course of week to week to week, our clients become more self-aware of where they're at when we connect on a weekly basis, oh, I was at a two last week, but I'm at a three this week. Let's dive into why that is and keep the momentum going forward as well as if in between the times that we get a chance to talk and they do a check-in with themselves out of habit and out of self-efficacy, which is creating momentum forward for yourself, then they're able to, okay, I was with a Dave last week. I was a two out of five on this particular pillar. This week I'm at a three out of five and I haven't even talked to my coach yet. Okay, what have I done since then mm -hmm. that we maybe discussed or that, that they realized on their, their own how did I move from a two to a three on my own? And then we help them graduate. And then we help them move forward. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest tools that we can give our audience members at the BBR podcast, as well as our coaching clients, is the tools that it takes to move themselves forward. Exactly. And I think so often you, you hit kind of a key point for me. So often we look at what do I keep, need to do to keep like go to the next level? What do I, which is important, what do I need to do to improve? But we don't take the time to go, ooh, what did I do to get from two to three? And I keep doing that thing. So I keep going up because we forget to celebrate ourselves. We can't forget to recognize what we're doing right in terms of what's in alignment for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. celebrate the little wins because yeah. they're just as, just as meaningful to us as the big wins because- yeah. Uh, if we're checking in monthly or checking in weekly, that might not be often enough. Let's do a daily check-in with ourselves through tools like journaling, like meditation, like yoga, prayer, um, introspection, solitude. Hey, just take mm -hmm. 10 minutes of quiet time. Um, I've been walking the dog around the park almost daily for three plus months now. And I had, I had built that into my routine. Uh, within the last couple of years since I moved into this place being so close to city park here in Denver, but that's my moment of solitude. There are often, 
excuse me, there are often times when I don't have my headphones and I'm just sitting there with my thoughts, walking my dog, staying active. It's really low intensity. It's a good place to start. But I get to be alone with myself. And that is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. So many of us don't take the time to be alone with ourselves. I think partly we're afraid of what we'll discover. And a key thing that I always tell my clients in my community, be the observer, not the judge. Just observe yourself. Because when you start to observe yourself, then you can really make real change. But when you judge yourself, it's like suffering. It's like just suffering. Yeah. It's That's really helpful. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's our mind, I think, constantly because we're constantly looking out of, you know, looking out at the world and judging it. It, what's what's not necessarily right or wrong but like in terms of safety so we define it as wrong i want to be away from it because it's wrong it doesn't feel safe instead of going huh let's get curious about that why is that mm-hmm. wrong what is this about let me dive deeper or mm-hmm. you know as you know when you get triggered we often want to move away <laughs> instead of going i'm going to stay still and just observe the trigger and dive deeper because when we start diving deeper then we can discover more about ourselves and where we need to grow or what we need to heal, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you another question about the, you know, rating yourself. How do you not judge yourself when you go from like a four to a two? What do you do or how do you help others go? Okay. Don't judge yourself. You're not, you're not, you're not a horrible person. You're not necessarily going backwards. You know, what kind of, I guess, coaching or cheerleading do you give or advice? Uh, That is, that's the question, isn't it? Like, how do we become more resilient during the process so that we can um, self-soothe ourselves later on down the road so that we can get better at handling our life experiences uh, here with myself, but also with a support group. So what I've uncovered over the course of the last, well, I've turned 40 in a few weeks and it's taken that much time in order to um, understand more of myself than ever before. So when I added in that spiritual pillar of optimal health, having that faith and that connection with my spiritual pillar is what keeps me from that self-judgment routine. That's why it's the umbrella overarching the other four important pillars is my faith in God that he says, Dave, I never promised you a storm-free life. I promised you a storm-proof life. Mm, I like that phrase. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that I look at Christine Hassler's definition of like purpose. It's about evolving the soul and it's about growth. And so you got to fall down sometimes in order to grow. So you're mm-hmm. going you're gonna to go back to a two because there's something you need to work out. It's like playing a video game and you go back down a level because you Mm -hmm. gotta work something out and get really good at it to move up, right? Yeah, let's let's take a look at uh, something specific and that's really good advice. Um, The financial pillar of health is a great place to use as an example. When to, in when 2020 started for me, I had started a new, new job. I had humbled myself and said, okay, in addition to my online training programs, I also need to rebuild my financial pillar of health. I started taking my own advice. And so I started at a corporate gym that was close to home. 
so that I could meet new people and so that I could start to generate some financial stability in my life. Because it was a it was a point of a lot of insecurity for me. Uh, you know the roller coaster of yeah. entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ebb and we flow quite a bit. So very quickly, I developed a good client base, started making a, over a thousand dollars a week, which was a phenomenal step forward in my confidence level. And okay, so my financial pillar was starting to rise from a one to a two to a three, and it hovered around a three to a four, depending on how much my purpose was being lived out in my in my career at that time. And then March 16th of 2020, uh, the gyms shut down in Denver. Okay, well, my financial pillar of health just went from a three to a four out of five, right back down to a one, because it never goes to a zero. Like, that's what I want to re- emphasize. We're never at a zero. If we're at a zero, we need to reach out to some very expertise help. You know, find a counselor right away. Find a... Uh, find somebody to talk to immediately. Make sense? Yep. So what I've uncovered, and this is why one of my men's group has been so uh, impactful in my life, is that I had absolutely no control over the gym shutting down. What I did have control over is how I reacted and responded Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. So I took three or four days to myself and I wallowed in my shit. (laughs) And I felt sorry for myself for a very short period of time. And I fell back on something that I'm very good at. One of my strengths is creating online training programs that are automated and super easy to use on a mobile-friendly device like your cell phone. Okay, well, what can I do at home to help rebuild my financial pillar of health, but also stay within my lane and my purpose, which is to improve mental health through fitness, nutrition, and relationships? So I started filming my own bodyweight workouts because I knew that if I maintained my physical pillar of health, then my mental and emotional pillars would stay strong as well. Well, what I didn't anticipate is that people would start to buy that video program from me that I was creating one day at a time. Okay, just need to stay one day ahead of my clients, one day ahead of my clients who are needing the same exact benefit physically, mentally, and emotionally. Okay, well, I started offering up this program, super affordable, like 10 bucks for 30 workouts because I wanted to serve people while my gym was shut down. And I started sharing this program over and over and over again, and then started telling the story of like what I'm creating and how I'm staying within my purpose and within my lane. And three of these people that I shared the story with were like, hey, Dave, we believe in you so much. Can we invest in your business? Wow. See. Mm -hmm. And going from March 16th, where I didn't know where my next paycheck was going to come from, to my parents kindly offering to support me during three months worth of shelter in place. We didn't know how long it was going to go. So I didn't really feel comfortable with that. So Mm -hmm. I said, instead of giving me money, come in and invest with me because I got this great product and this great program. And they said, yes. And then two more people. And so instead of wallowing for three months, Mm -hmm. sitting on the couch every day, I decided to take my own advice, dive deeper into the pillars of optimal health so that I wasn't my emotional and mental pillars weren't affected by my financial pillar. Yeah. Awesome. What I love, there's a couple nuggets out of that, especially in the approach I use. One is you felt your feelings, but you didn't, didn't stay stuck in them. You're like, I wallowed for a couple of days and then I got out of it. I gave myself permission to feel because it's a transition. All of us have been feeling, but some people are staying stuck in the feeling. And then you're using all that energy to stay stuck in the feeling. You're like, okay, I'm done. I'm released. I'm moving on now. 
so I love that. And then two is you stayed true to yourself when you talk about this was my, this is my, my purpose and I'm going to stay true to my purpose. And, and that to me says you stayed again, aligned with your most authentic self and in your power. And then the universe or God source, whatever you want to call it, started to show up with you, show up for Mm -hmm. you in different Mm -hmm. ways that you may have not thought. Exactly. And like, okay, you had this source. You just, the source is still there. You know, the money is still there. It's just how it's arriving to you is going to arrive differently now. Mm -hmm. Letting go and just knowing, okay, just stay true to myself. The same thing I think about as I'm diving back into the dating world, knowing exactly what type of relationship I want to have and the type of person I'm looking for. It's like, there's there's still plenty of people out there that will align with that. And as I just stay true to myself, it's like, I was just telling the ladies yesterday, I'm getting closer. I'm getting tested. If I'm really stepping into my worth and really believing it's possible, it's like I'm getting closer and closer. I'm like, ooh, it's starting to feel really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I want to clear something up that it sounds like a fairy tale that what I was able to do with an opportunity of losing 90% of my income and then turning it into the greatest two months of my career. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not highlighting just the fact that it's a fairy tale. And I want to co- kind of go back and explain this a little bit more through the history of the last year or so, if, if we have the time. Yeah, of course. So I was in a relationship that wasn't exclusive in the fall, and I always wanted it to be. But when it came down to having the conversation a couple months in of like, are we exclusive? I'd like to move forward. I'd like to be with you. Uh, found out that she was seeing other people still, and that touched my boundaries. That actually alerted me to feelings that I wasn't expecting of like, I'm not comfortable with that. So I walked away. And as you can imagine, that would probably send me into feeling the feelings at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I really dove into those feelings. And what I un- uncovered is that there are five stages of grief. And even though it wasn't a long-term relationship, even though it wasn't a deep mm-hmm. relationship, I felt a true connection and I, I did have desire to be with the person. So those five stages that people go to, through when something comes to an end, career, family member passes away, relationship ends, et cetera, mm-hmm. a lot like my job changing in March. So I'll get to that. So those five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So in the fall of 2019, I went through those five stages. It took me until March of 2020 to arrive at acceptance. And then March of 2020, I was faced with another loss, which is income, plus a part of my purpose was taken away from me outside of my control. And I I already knew about the five stages of grief. Mm -hmm. So I started to dive into those feelings again for a different reason. I spent about three or four days in denial. I got angry with the corporate gym that I was working at because they weren't communicating at all. And then I went into bargaining and I said, hey, God, source, universe, if I start to record these videos, what can I see back in return? So I just started working through that bargaining stage. And then I hit some depression where I'm like, okay, I'm not getting any more new clients into the program. I went into a little depression where I saw my nutrition and my fitness levels and my pillars of health kind of go back. But I also understood that this was the natural stage of grief. So I didn't fight it. I just went with it. And that's during the time 
of the fourth stage of grief, which is depression, that's when I found investors because I was sharing with other people my authentic story at the time of like, this is what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. I'm coming up on the fact that my savings account is running out. Mm -hmm. And they said, let's come into business with you. Mm -hmm. And then finally arriving again at the stage of uh, acceptance where I lost a financial pillar of strength in my optimal health right here. Um, I was grieving that. And then as I came closer to accepting a new normal, a new lifestyle, a new path towards abundance in my life financially, that's when the love abundance came to me as well. I had four dates in one weekend, just out of happenstance. They were all Zoom. They were all virtual. And one of them rose to the top. We're exclusive now. And it's part of that acceptance stage of grief where Yes, it still sounds like a fairy tale, but look at the first four stages of just wallowing and then anger and then conversing with God through journaling and then depression where I wasn't eating right and I just felt it every day Mm -hmm. into acceptance. And that's where things blossom and that's where the abundance comes to us in a new way. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. And partly because that's my journey too. Like anytime there's a transition, I go through a grieving process and I go through the exact stages a little differently, but I mean, through the stages and come out the other side into this acceptance and this whole new energy, especially when I give myself permission to go through it. Because sometimes I, people, myself included, have stayed in the anger stage. I stayed in the anger stage for seven years and you, you wonder why I didn't date for seven years. Consuming all that energy. I was, and I threw the anger into work, into work, into work, into work, into work. Yep. And then I had to finish the rest of that process. <laughs> and once I did, oh, it was a blessing, a blessing. Mm-hmm. I want to shift gears a little bit towards your fitness. What you're doing online, you know, to not only just support you, but I think it's crucial, especially because we have this new normal. I, my audience is around the world. So some people, things are starting to open up, but some people have different levels of, I would say, comfort right now. So some, and they want to still work out or they want to start working out, you know, Um, they want to take care of their physical health, but are struggling because they don't have a gym now. They don't have the yoga studio or dance classes or even in some places like getting outside and, you know, hiking, swimming, things like that. And so maybe you could share a little bit of, because I don't even know much about it. So I want to learn about your online fitness programs. Yes. Thank you so very much for the opportunity to share a little bit more. Um, I also have a hard time believing that I'm going to go back to a a populated gym. Um, The gym that I worked at reopens next Monday. And I was contacted by the the staff there for the first time in three months. And I was surprised. I'm like, okay, well, now there are all these restrictions in place around personal training in a corporate gym where we have all this equipment that we can use. So I began reaching out to my clients who um, I was working with up until March. And they were all sharing my same concerns. And I'm transparent about it. I'm like, hey, guys. I don't feel that comfortable spending 20 hours a week in a corporate gym with a bunch of other people that I don't know. Here are some options that we have for you guys. We can work out virtually via Zoom online and it'll feel like one-on-one training. That's something that I've been doing with my existing clientele for the last three months. 
we can meet in a park and we can work with where you're at just using body weight. I have one set of 15 pound dumbbells that gives us the world worth of access to functional fitness. Or now that it's just one-on-one and and, um, gyms are opening up, is your apartment gym a feasible option as well? I can come to you and one of my teammates here at the Fit Life Champions can come to you and work out with you one-on-one with masks on. Those are three places that people can work with me. But then our online training program is more of like a self-study. If you're a self-starter, if you have the motivation to do this three to four times a week, then the program is perfect fit for you to do bodyweight workouts in your living room, because that's where I'm filming them, is in my living room. They're high, re- uh, low risk, high reward circuit training type bodyweight exercises that change every single day. Uh, we have over 40 videos filmed in the last few months of creation this, creating this program where we incorporate high intensity interval training or circuit training or Tabata training. We even have guest instructors like a Muay Thai kickboxing instructor who comes in and takes you through a beginner kickboxing workout. Um, I'll lead you through shadow boxing a couple of times in that first month. And it's just a, a fun way for you to elevate your heart rate, get your sweat on and feel a little bit of that change, that transformation in the financial pillar of health, which will impact all other four pillars. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know, I've noticed that. I mean, I was already working a lot from home, but I didn't realize how much I was moving around the city. I don't have a car here in Brazil. Um, I have one client who's three years old now that I was seeing three times a week. Um, and you can imagine a kid uh, running around. So I get a lot of exercise, additional exercise. And I live on a hill. And then I was running um, and then doing yoga once a week, somewhere like in a park somewhere. So when the lockdown happened here, like it was like, okay, I need to, I want to keep working on my health. And it was interesting because the, the, the motivator behind that was more about keeping my immunity as high as possible so that if I got the virus, I had a better chance, right? So keep, I'm responsible for my immunity, no one else's. And yet mm-hmm. everyone is trying to support and protect each other. I'm, and when it comes down to it, I'm still responsible for my immunity. And so how can I eat well? How can I work out? And also how can I help others? So one thing I started doing with my community was um, the first month I was doing online yoga classes because I'm a yoga teacher here. Um, but there was so much being offered that I, I was like, hey, you guys, there's tons of stuff being offered. But I also realized people struggled, even my own roommate who was doing Kav Maga and trying to do Kav Maga, as you can imagine, classes at home, online without someone else. I, you were actually doing crazy jujitsu stuff, like with like a jujitsu dummy. It was unbelievable, by the way. <laughs> so Thanks, what? I made a dummy out of an old sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, I should have told Hekel, do something like that for Kav Maga. But they, they, they altered, you know, classes to try to make it work. Um, they were even doing training stuff with masks on. Like, how mm-hmm. do you train with masks? You know, you're breathing. And um, so anyways, we actually turned our whole living room. We moved all the furniture out and turned it into a workout space. Um, but ha- how have you helped people to stay motivated and accountable? Because it's really hard. It's so much easier to go to a space where other people are there. Um, how do you have any tips or tricks around that? Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, our email system 
keeps you engaged. So you will get constant accountability and reminders through email to like, okay, here's your workout of the day. Carve out 10 to 30 minutes. That's all you need. Um, here's what it includes. And let's go have some fun. Uh, we have a support group, much like you do on in a private Facebook group um, that people are welcome to join. That's actually um, open to anybody. Just simply request access there and you'll get to be part of the community for accountability, ideas on how to stay motivated, uh, helpful recipes. And I think the most recent blog post we put out there was three carbs that are good for you. And the members of our fitness community on Facebook get that access first. So I share the, the helpful articles there first so that people can have them. Um, that's something that people are concerned with. How do I eat well while we're at home? Mm -hmm. So our program includes a weekly coaching call, a private Facebook group, and then an email system that will right. keep you informed of when your workouts need to be happening. Lots of support, which is great. And then you, yeah, you also know that you're not alone because you're a community, yep. part of a community that's worldwide. Yeah. I will say I do, a, I do a yoga class for runners about every other week for a runner group here in Rio. And we're doing it obviously online. And what's been beautiful with them is that they've really liked the fact that um, they don't feel the competition because they're in their home. And they're really, they're seeing me. I can't see them, which that's kind of a disadvantage because I can't adjust them. But mm -hmm. um, they don't feel like, oh my God, I have to do a pose that's really out of my reach because my neighbor is doing it. Mm -hmm. they, they listen to themselves. But I also encourage them, but don't slack off either. Don't go, well, no one can see me. Really uh -huh. push yourself. You're here mm -hmm. to, to grow and expand and, and keep that physical pillar of health. Up, 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 up. Uh -huh. yep, yep. I love that you say that about um, having expectations when they go into a period in our existence like this. Are we going to go into a yoga practice and nail every single pose? No. Is that going to be one of our expectations that we can carry with us? Also, no. If our instructor, if our instructor isn't there in person, give ourselves some grace of like, I am here in this class right here. I'm doing this online workout program. I'm doing this online yoga class so that I can stay at my optimal healthy levels. Mm -hmm. Not so that I can master a handstand, not so I can master downward dog, simply just to maintain, stay accountable to ourselves and possibly not go backwards anywhere on those pillars of health. Mm -hmm. If that's our only expectation, I think that's a win. Yep, I agree. I totally agree. We sometimes set the bar so high that then we have an expectation hangover, as Christine Hassler would say. And then mm -hmm. we get demotivated. When from, we don't reach that. Yep, yeah. When we don't reach that goal. Yeah. Yep. So maintain is, is also a great level to be at. Just maintaining mm -hmm. right now. Just maintaining. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I want to respect your time. So just to wrap up, how can people get a hold of you? And I'll put stuff in the show notes as well. But. Of course. Yeah, the best place to reach us is fitlifechampions.com. You can also request to join our Facebook group. Um, just search Fit Life Champions private group there, and we'll let you in as soon as we see that request. And uh, welcome to the community. We're going to have some fun. And um, don't hesitate to reach out um, via the website with any questions over email or uh, book a consultation. There's a way to do that as well. Okay. I'm definitely going to check the group out and join. Okay. I want to see your food tips. I want to see what you're doing. I might do a couple of classes. 
So it would it would be uh, additional to what I'm already doing, which would be really cool. So thank you very much. We yeah. post daily work, uh, ba- daily exercises in there too, um, that are straight from our online program. So you'll get a good concept or a good perception uh, perspective of what the coaching model is all about. Mm-hmm. What I love is that you said there's somewhere between 10 to 30 minutes. That to me seems so doable. And is it something that you could say, okay, kids, come and join because mama is not going to cook right now or not going to be doing a lesson plan with you. Is mama's time. You can join me in the workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do recommend that families exercise together um, so that those values can be passed along generationally, but also in the moment too. And why we choose bodyweight workouts at this time is because they're so low risk. Well, only do what you can do today. Mm-hmm. There are modifications for like push-ups. Not everybody can do a one push-up. So we modify with three other choices that you can do in that workout. And for the beginner who's a little bit tentative of starting, well, we do circuit training. So for our advanced clients, you can do this round four times. For our new clients, you can do this one or two times. And that's where we meet you, where you're at today, giving you something that you can do at your ability level without overwhelming you. There's only five to eight exercises per workout. We just do them in a low risk, high reward, higher intensity, go at your pace kind of kind of a workout program. I love it. I love it. And that should be where everyone should go at your pace, go at your starting point, you know, know where you're at and you can grow from there. So If you can only start at one kilometer, you start one kilometer and then you work your way up and that's how you're going to reach the goal and really feel more successful. So thank you so much, Dave, for everything. I've I've always loved the work that you're doing and I love following you. And that's the other thing. People should follow the podcast, you on Instagram. You have some great posts, some funny posts. (laughs) I'm almost embarrassed sometimes when I put them out, like, oh my gosh, did I just say that out loud on, on the internet is like, um, what was the one the other day is, um, you can give a guy perfect instructions on where to find it in your purse and he'll still bring you the whole thing. <laughs> and that's, that's funny in and of itself, but I thought it was it even was funnier funny. when, when the tagline or the caption said, which is the better accessory, the purse or the guy, you know? So <laughs> I love, I love your posts. Some of them are like really hit on hit home for me. And some of them are really funny like that, you know, like get you thinking. So I, I just, I just love that you, you share the gamut, you know, and what's out there and, it, and dating can really, it can be challenging and it can be also hysterical. Mm-hmm. hysterical. So mm-hmm. again, thank you so, so much. I'm definitely going to check out your group and look at some of the classes and I want to encourage my community to do the same because it's such a great way. You know, you talked about your physical pillar, And how that physical pillar also is associated with your mental, emotional, you know. And when you start to feel confident physically, you also will shift your financial. And then, of course, I'm a big believer, too, that the spiritual one is like the it's like the umbrella that's holding all of them kind of together. And so Mm -hmm. having whatever your spiritual practice is, it is so, so key. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much, Dave. My pleasure, Carrie Ann. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and my conversation with Dave Glazier. 
All the information on how to learn more about him, his work, what he's doing will be in the show notes. Before we end this episode, before we wrap up, I want to leave you with a reflective question. So really connect yourself with or connect you with yourself on a deeper level. So thinking about what Dave said in terms of the optimal pillars of health, I want you to go ahead and, and rate yourself on a scale of one to five. And again, don't be the judge or the juror, just be the observer. So this rate is not like you're bad or you're good. It's just understanding where you're at in each pillar. So just kind of go, huh, let's locate. Let's not call it rate. Let's say locate. Locate yourself on a scale of one to five. And then create one action item for every area that will help you raise to one point up, or at least a half a point that next step you need to take. So if you are at a two, what one action step could you take, say, in spirituality that will get you to a three? If you're at a four, how do you get to a five? If you're at a one, how do you get to a two? Again, no judgment here. This is all for your benefit. Just locate yourself and identify one action step that you can start taking today or in the next week that will help you get to that next location point on the grid. So take some time, reflect, and maybe journal about this. It's just a great opportunity to learn more about yourself. That's what you're here to do, to learn more about your truth and your authenticity. This podcast is a gift, and so if you're interested in supporting this work, please use the link in the show notes to make a contribution. And if you want to become a regular supporter of it, I'll also post a link for my Patreon. You can become a regular supporter for the podcast and for the work that I do in my In Her Power community, which um, I should mention, if you are not already a member of that community and you feel called to joining that community, it is called In Her Power. It's on Facebook. And again, I will put the links in the show notes. That is it for today in this episode. Remember the African word, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. I am because we are. Ciao, ciao. Beijos.